but the average lifespan of a business, believe it or not, in, in the UK, so I'm talking about the UK here because it might differ across Europe, but in the UK is 8.1 years. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome back. It's the last episode of the Startup Phases series. And we talked about before you're launching a business, whilst you're launching and you're in the launching phase. And in the last episode, the David Bell and I talked about what happens when you grow. All of a sudden, your business is growing. You need to outsource, you need to recruit people maybe. You need to get more organized than you than you probably am at the moment and now we want to have a little chat about what actually is going to happen next welcome back david thanks christine great to be back here again and an exciting journey we've had so far through the last three episodes i look very forward to the last in the series <laughs> yeah let's see what can we talk talk about when we're talking about okay so you're growing startup maybe you're in your year I don't know, four, five, six, or even later. And, and the question is, when do you stop calling yourself a startup? Maybe never because you say, no, no, I want to keep that startup mentality. I want to be constantly evolving, want to be flexible, changing, which you do have to be when you are a business anyway. But that might be a question maybe for you. When would you say, David, someone would stop maybe saying they're a startup? I think partly this comes down to mindset as well, because I think, as you say, sometimes, Christine, people in their minds, you know, want to maintain that startup mentality because they love it. It's fresh. It's dynamic. They're always looking for, you know, new ways to improve. But for me, I think a startup, you know, is kind of the first few years. I think that is the biggest barrier of starting a business is the first two years why? Because we do know stats show that businesses fail in the first two years is around about 80% of failure rate. Now, failure doesn't mean they went bust or run out of money. Failure can mean actually they started a business. As they started to build it, they realized actually the business is not running the business is not for them or another opportunity presented itself or something changed in, you know, in the makeup of that business, maybe the product, the, the service, the idea. So there's lots of reasons why businesses won't pass that two year window. It doesn't mean it's failed and run out of money as such. But for me, two years, I would say that's kind of your typical startup stage. Businesses will always continue to be looking at opportunity, how to develop, how to grow, how to add new products or services into their offering. But are you a, are you a startup when you get to three, four, five years? No, I don't think so. I think it's that initial phase of getting out of the starting blocks, getting the business operational, creating and building those relationships, winning your first customers, building the relationships with your suppliers, stakeholders, and investors. So yeah, two years for me is kind of a startup phase. Some will call three years because they've still got maybe early stage investment seed funding and maybe still seeking for future funding as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like you say, everyone, there's not officially, okay, you a startup until, <laughs> but I also agree. So when you start seeing you're growing, you have your customers and you're all set, basically. It's, it's not starting 
anymore. Of course, it doesn't mean that you can't launch new products or services that you're offering. Yeah, but it's it's funny because also time goes by so fast. And I did realize that I started 10 years ago. <laughs> I should really, I, I will celebrate this soon to still be in this year. <laughs> but I, I did not realize that I started 10 years ago. Although I have to also say, obviously, there was some phasing time at the beginning i started whilst i had a full-time job in an agency i was working weekends evenings lunchtime every every minute i could do even though i did work up to 16 hours in that other job which was extremely challenging let's say and then i i transitioned basically into a part-time job where i worked in a marketing department for about nine months because it was a maternity cover and that basically then led me into being full-time doing what I do. <laughs> and that can be also a transition time. And I think we mentioned it at the beginning. I mean, it's not of this episode of the first one, maybe. It's not always about, okay, you you do this full-time right now. We all have bills to pay. We all need to start from somewhere. And a lot of times people don't get started because they think they don't have the financial backing or they 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 too afraid to take this main step uh, immediately uh, full-time, but you can transition into it. Now let's talk about what's happening when you're growing and growing and growing and your business is around for a while. What kind of options or <laughs> can people consider? How do they continue with their business or not? Great question, Christine. Firstly, happy 10th birthday for whenever you celebrate it Yay! this year. We've got to celebrate successes. And actually, it's probably really worth important mentioning that before I go to the immediate question you asked. Throughout your journey of, you know, coming from, a you know, launching the business as a startup through the growth and development stages, becoming a more mature business, maybe you reach your 10th birthday as you have, Christine, that requires celebration all the way through. We're, we're not great at celebrating success sometimes, and success can be measured in many different ways. It's very subjective to individuals, but we should be shouting about the things that we're great at, the things that we've achieved, our team has achieved, we as individuals have achieved, and birthdays of the business each year is super successful to, you know, celebrate as well. And the average, and I only found this out earlier this week, actually, but the average lifespan of a business, believe it or not, in the UK, so I'm talking about the UK here because it might differ across Europe, but in the UK is 8.1 years. So that's the wow. average lifespan of a business. Now, bear in mind, some businesses have been going 100 years and some have been going, you know, six months. So, <laughs> but that's the average lifespan of a business. So 10 years, Christine, that needs a big round of applause and a <laughs> big scream and shouts and pop the banners. So <laughs> yes. firstly, celebration is important when we're on our journey of building, developing and growing. So what is next? Well, I think it's different, again, for different people. It depends on what stage of life they're at as well. I know people that have started their business, like myself, at a very young age. I started my business when I was 17 years old. I've been running businesses now for excess of 27 years combined. Not the same business, but different organizations being involved with. And during that time, I've bought and sold businesses as well. But I've also known people that have started their first business at 65 years old. And, you know, so people are at different different levels of where they are in that journey. Because for me, 
I'm not ready to sell up and give up and sit back and watch the sunset. I'm one of these people that will probably keep pushing and getting involved. And, you know, whether it's the current business I'm involved with, Simbok, or it might be, you know, one of the other organisations I'm involved with, I'm going to keep moving forwards. But for some, there might be an exit strategy in sight. Some people plan with the end in mind. And that's quite a good way to think about it. So, you know, they say, right, well, in 10 years time, I want to build the business to this level. I want to have it turning over X, Y, and Z. I want to make sure it's making a profit of this, which then covers all its costs and overheads. And I've got a business then that I could sell for a agreed amount and maybe to a competitor or it could be a merger acquisition type side of things. But not everyone thinks like that. Most people don't think about what the end looks like. They, they start the business because it's born maybe from a hobby or an interest or, you know, something that they've kind of just all of a sudden got involved with, an idea that just kind of that eureka moment. So they haven't really thought about what it looks like in five, 10 years, 20 years time. So as people grow, as people develop, they're going to have different points in that life cycle when they might decide to take a back seat sell the business maybe they lose a little bit of passion and interest in what they're doing after a period of time so they decide Do you know what i can exit this sell it maybe it could be sold to employees of the business who take it over maybe they actually find a buyer for it maybe they pass it down through the ranks to family members maybe they're slightly older and have got children who then get involved in the business and the, the you know the son or daughter takes the business over maybe it's a brother or sister that comes in and works alongside them. so it's going to be different for everybody and I think everyone's going to have a decision to make at some point. One thing I will add is that as entrepreneurs, which we all are when we're running a business, people won't necessarily classify themselves as that, but we're all entrepreneurial. We're all looking to defy the status quo. We're always going to be looking at innovation. What's next? New shiny things. And entrepreneurs are, are great at this, but it is unfortunately a trait so we're building a business, we're developing it, and then we lose a little bit of interest because there's something shiny over there. Oh, that's interesting. What's that? I want to find out more. And then you get involved and then you want to put more effort into that. And that can have an effect on your current business because then maybe you're not focusing as clearly on what your day-to-day -day business is because you're kind of distracted to do something else. And that happens quite a lot. And entrepreneurs are great at that. New shiny thing off there. What we need to do as entrepreneurs is find them new shiny things, look at the innovation, look at the opportunity, and then build a team to take over that before you move on to the next thing. So it does depend on who you are, where you're at in your journey, but do have a look what that end looks like for you. Is it retirement, sitting on a beach, sipping on your cocktail? Is it I'm selling up to move on to another product, service, business? You know, Is it bringing friends, family in to kind of give you some time back? maybe to spend time with your own family or take more holidays and breaks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great that you're mentioning it, that entrepreneurs get distracted, maybe also sometimes by other shiny things, maybe motivation is lacking, maybe things have evolved and the company has evolved into something that you don't identify much with anymore, but it's successful, it's doing good things, but your, your values and your interest might have just changed and that's also normal also for non-entrepreneurs of course i think one thing to remember and i did have a a whole 
podcast series with Karen that you also know that was on your on your show. She is focused on social entrepreneurs, but we had a whole series about locking in your legacy when you're leaving the company. So how do you want it to, especially when you're a social entrepreneur, how do you want it to be run after you've left? And I think another thing could be also not you don't leave but you leave as an active part sometimes people stay as let's say consultants especially more active at the beginning when someone else is taking over of course but some people just stay but not being active and everyone else is running everything and they're just there if they support needed at least for a while I think everyone is doing that before they leave completely but that could be also something that you're still passionate about it and you you stay there but you you're not playing the active role anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different opportunities when you want to kind of take a sidestep, exit the business, look at something new and shiny. And, you know, it really depends on how much time you've got, what it is that you want to do. But yeah, I, you know, I quite agree with you, Christine. Sometimes, you know, passing it on to someone else that can fill that capacity, maybe bringing in a CEO, maybe finding someone better than you who can mo move the company forward. So, you know, appointing a new CEO, someone with new, you know, new fresh blood and passion and mm. has a different, slightly different vision. They're on your page, but they can see another way of taking the business to the next level or, you know, scaling it up in a slightly different way that you would have done. Because that's great because you can probably get a little bit more time back. They come in, they help grow it you're still a shareholder, you're still responsible for that business. And of course, if they do great things with it, it's only going to benefit you even more. So there's different options available. It's different for everybody. Some want to sell up, as I say, take the money, run off into the sunset. But I don't believe many entrepreneurs are like that. I think most entrepreneurs want to build a legacy and leave that behind that they've done something great. They've change the world in some way shape or form yeah and i i love that you use the word fresh blood because i think that's very very important at any stage really of your business because no matter how entrepreneurial flexible open-minded and experienced and always doing trying new things and learning new things we are <laughs> we are still in our bubble in our own bubble that we have created, which is great. And we can be, like I said, as open-minded and up-to-date with everything always, but getting someone in, if that's uh, like just on a consultancy basis, maybe at some point, or a new staff member that's younger, <laughs> and you have to clearly say as well, then that might be that will be really a good addition because you will get completely new perspectives because I mean, other, every generation has their own perspective, their own values that they share, even though we're all individuals. But if you, if you're getting someone very young in, for example, you will get completely different views. And no matter how much you try to stay up to date in the market, you, you won't because you will just not be interested in certain things. It's going to be not possible to stay up to date with everything that's going on and that's where fresh blood in different age groups and that's not just getting younger people in getting also people in that are older than you maybe they also have a different view and they have maybe some more experience with other things that you can benefit from so it's not only about finding people that are younger it has to do with the thirst of knowledge and improvement that pretty much all entrepreneurs i think share but 
looking outside the bubble with a bit of help. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and also we talk about bringing new, young, fresh blood in, but also people with more experience. As your company grows, you might be able to attract, you know, key members of the team that might be at first in a startup out of your price range, out of the range of opportunity, because they're not ready for you or you're not ready for them potentially. But if you take the, the Apple scenario, I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm a great Apple fan and the journey and what Steve Jobs succeeded and did, you know, but what Steve Jobs realized, even when Apple was successful and doing really well, he employed or bought into Apple, John Scully, who was the, I think he was the president or vice president of PepsiCo. So Pepsi is in Coca-Cola, Pepsi. And he bought him in and he made him the CEO of Apple. I don't you know, people might know the story. I mean, that worked really well at first, but unfortunately it was the demise of Steve Jobs at the time. And he got sacked by the person he bought in, John Scully, and he ended up being sacked from Apple and disappeared off and set up another organization. But the point I'm making is that sometimes you need to look beyond, you know, just some fresh blood. You need to maybe bring in someone that's going to come with some clout and some real heavy kind of expertise that could really take your business to the next level. But that's all about timing. That's about when the time is right, when the business is able to, and the person you want to bring on can see the opportunity and the future about how you take the business forwards. Getting new perspectives all the time is always great at different stages of your business. There's, like you said, the right time for the right person and you don't have to force things. Um, but even, I mean, having a supportive network, and we talked about this, that the number one thing is, is having a network that supports you throughout your journey, that can give you some feedback or anything, can also be that kind of person, not just to, to get into your company and, and do things or give you advice, but just having a chat and networking events will open up your mind and your eyes, really, and you see new things and new opportunities that you haven't thought of before just because of a conversation. Yeah, I think, you know, as you go through taking your business to the next level, to the next step, there's so many opportunities out there, bringing new people in, retraining your team, giving them internal opportunity. As we've said throughout these episodes, to me, any business that's on its startup phase through to exiting is all about relationships because the people you meet along that journey are going to support you. They're going to recommend you, refer you. You can do the same and help them as well. And that's what business is about. It's a community and we should be supporting each other, working with each other and helping each other to get to that point that we want to take our business to. And as I say, that might be selling up and off into the sunset. It might be passing it down to family members who are going to, you're going to leave the legacy to them to continue onwards in the future as well. It's exciting times. And that's what business should be. It should be exciting. It should be fun. It will come with its fair share of challenges, but it will also be super rewarding. When you get to 10 years, you can celebrate it. When you get to 15, you can carry on celebrating as well. 
No, I think it just leads me to finally say, Christine, it's been great coming on here, sharing the studio with you for these last four episodes, talking about, you know, our experiences. Hopefully some of the tips that we've shared have been valuable. The golden nuggets get taken away. They help someone on their journey to success. And for all those people that are listening, I wish you the best of luck with your entrepreneurial journey, your startup into something that's going to grow and flourish into something absolutely amazing. Thank you. That's very encouraging. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will link, or I already have linked back on the page, creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast. You can find all the details about David. You can find him on social media. You can find more about his business on his website. You can send him a LinkedIn referring to this podcast as well that you've listened to. And yeah, thank you so much for being here, David. And thank you everyone for listening. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, everybody. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart, and it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so, because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.